Welcome to Comic Book Podcast Pilot Season Day 13. So we're almost done the two-week run of the series, and today we're doing the second episode of the Character Compare and Contrast run. Now, since recording and posting the first episode, I have thought about one of the comments I made about including appearances in other media as one of the criteria. I've decided to go with that and also add supporting cast. So now instead of being a five-point debate, it's a seven-point debate. Had those categories been available last week, well, Namor still would have won, but it would have been a closer confrontation. I would have given both of those points to Aquaman. So instead of coming out four to one, it would have come out four to three. That said, this week we are looking at a couple other characters, one of whom was very much a take on the other. We are looking specifically at the Hal Jordan Green Lantern. So not John Stewart, Guy Gardner, not Alan Scott. None of those, but just Hal Jordan. And similarly, we're looking at the Richard Ryder Nova, so not Sam Alexander, Cubit, any of the others. The first point, as it was last week, is awarded for the character that appeared first. In this case, Hal Jordan appeared in Showcase number 22 from October 1959, while Richard Ryder didn't appear until Nova issue number 1 in September 1976. So again, that point goes to Hal Jordan. He had a nearly 20-year lead. The second point is awarded for the origin of the backstory. So Hal Jordan, initially it was just Alien Abensur crashes on Earth, his ring finds a replacement who's honest and fearless, and the closest candidate is Hal Jordan. The ring finds him, and he's inducted into the Green Lantern Corps. We later learn the backstory about his home life, where he didn't really get along with a lot of members of his family, particularly following the death of his father and his choice to follow in the same profession his father was in, which his mother really didn't enjoy because she didn't want to lose anyone else. It also strained relationships with one of his two brothers. That came later. And with Richard Ryder, he was created in a period when DC had sent the Green Lantern, or Hal Jordan Green Lantern, off-world for a year of exile. So there was a lack of Earthbound adventures for cosmic-powered characters. It didn't take long for Marvel's editor-in-chief, Marv Wolfman, to create and start writing Nova. Nova's origin is about an alien, later named Roman Day, who is dying on his way to Earth. He bequeaths his powers to Richard Ryder for reasons that are also not revealed until much later, specifically Nova Annual Number 1 from 2008, and... Richard Ryder is inducted into the Nova Corps. There are some differences. For example, Richard Ryder had a much more traumatic joining into the Nova Corps. It's not just a piece of technology he wears, but the power is embedded in him. He ended up spending some time in a coma. There were energy discharges that harmed things in the area. And it's a very different selection criteria for the Nova Corps. With the Green Lantern Corps, as I said, it's honest and fearless, which are two very common attributes for superheroes. Nova's a little bit different. There were no clearly defined criteria in the Richard Ryder version. He was chosen at random, much like Kyle Rayner would be chosen as a Green Lantern later. But we did get a specific criteria as laid out in Nova Annual Number 1 from 2008 during the Annihilation Conquest series. As Roman Day explains when Richard Ryder's going, why did you pick me? I'm so ordinary. Roman Day says, exactly. You are ordinary. You are also loyal, trustworthy, and plain-spoken. You are an average young man from an average life. The Corps always recruits individuals who represent the typical qualities of their species. We find they make the very best centurions. They bring no arrogance or pride with them, no self-importance or elitism. They understand their responsibility, they appreciate the trust, they embrace the duty. They are the honest bedrock of the Corps. Which is a pretty unique criteria to look for the most ordinary person you can. And in Richard Ryder's case, he doesn't have a lot of the family baggage. They're alive and well and supportive of him. But in this case, that unique criteria of you must be ordinary is one that, for me, it tips the balance in favor of Richard Ryder. So Richard Ryder gets the second point. Now, in terms of the publication history, 
So who's managed to stay in print longer? Well, Hal Jordan has been in print almost continuously since 1959. He started off in three issues of Showcase, specifically issues 22 through 24. Then he got his own series in Green Lantern Volume 2, since Volume 1 was the Alan Scott series that started in the 40s. And Green Lantern Volume 2 lasted 224 issues, with a brief stint in the middle starring John Stewart instead of Hal Jordan, as well as two specials and six Tales of the Green Lantern Corps issues. Then there was Emerald Dawn 1 and 2, which were each six-issue miniseries. Hal Jordan starred in Action Comics Weekly for 42 issues. He actually had a bigger role in those issues than Superman did. When Green Lantern went on a brief hiatus in the 70s during the DC implosion, in the middle of that 224-issue run, Hal Jordan continued as backup stories in the Flash comics. When they relaunched Green Lantern following Emerald Dawn, Hal Jordan was the star of the first 50 issues that ended in Emerald Twilight and the introduction of Parallax. He came back for six issues in Rebirth. He starred as the main Green Lantern in the Green Lantern series that spun out of Rebirth for 67 issues. And he has been the Green Lantern for much of the current run, which is up to 28 issues and counting. So that's over 400 issues just for Hal as lead. Not to mention he's been a founding member of the Justice League of America and a very frequent member, as well as the leader of the Justice League of Europe. Compare this to Richard Ryder, whose original series starting in 1976 lasted until 1979 with 25 issues. That was cancelled and stayed cancelled until the 90s when he was coming back via the New Warriors series. He got an 18-issue solo series then. He got another 7-issue series later. He got a four-issue standalone series that was leading into Annihilation, namely Annihilation Nova. Then, spinning out of Annihilation, he got his own ongoing, which lasted for 36 issues plus an annual. So that's 90 issues starring Richard Ryder before the legacy characters kicked in with Sam Alexander. He's also been a member of New Warriors, major roles, as I said, in Annihilation, also in Annihilation Conquest, War of Kings, and the Thanos Imperative. He has been driving Marvel's entire cosmic arm for about 10 years. But when we look at how long that not just how long the series has gone, but what proportion of time they've been in publication since creation, that point's got to go to Hal Jordan. Yeah, he was out of print for a brief time in the 90s when Kyle Rayner took over the title, but that was maybe a 10-year gap, and Richard Ryder had more than a 10-year gap with a much more recent start, and Richard Ryder's had multiple gaps. So this point definitely goes to Hal Jordan. Now, point number four comes down to the power sets. Hal Jordan has... Flight, strength, durability, environmental protection, so he can survive in space or the bottom of the ocean, alien worlds. He's had energy blasts, and he's had constructs. Now, in his initial inception, he had a 24-hour limit on the power from his power ring, no matter how quickly he consumed that power, and it was completely ineffective on anything colored yellow. There's also a practical limit of having to stay close to the battery that he needed to recharge his ring because of that 24-hour limit. Now, since Green Lantern Rebirth, the 24-hour limit is still in place, but the yellow limit is more of a yellow difficulty. So it's not totally useless, it just takes more effort to overcome things that are yellow because they've tied it to the fear end of the emotional spectrum, with fear having the property of eroding willpower. If we compare this to Nova, we see just how closely paralleled they are. Not just that he's a member of the core, but his powers are flight, strength, durability, protection from extreme environments, and energy blasts, although he's historically had a difficult time controlling those prior to Annihilation. He didn't have constructs, but again, he didn't have those strange and impractical limits. So in if we were comparing Richard Ryder to the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern, Rayner would win hands down. When Kyle Rayner took over, the yellow limit was gone, and the 
power limit was not 24 hours, it was until the energy is used up. So he did have to recharge, but the amount of time it took to recharge him was variable according to how he uses the ring, which is much more sensible limits. If you look purely at the Silver Age Hal, he would lose to Richard Ryder just because the limits were pretty goofy and nonsensical then. It wasn't until Jeff Johns took over in the early 2000s that they actually started to make more sense. But because of Jeff Johns' work, the tie of the yellow limits to the fear end of the spectrum, and the reintroduction of the 24-hour limit as one that is specifically an arbitrary limit laid out by the Guardians to make sure the rings are charging on the batteries and checking in and logging automatic reports, that's a lot more acceptable. So in the modern state, I'm going to give this point to Hal Jordan. The fifth point that we use for comparison is the personality of the characters. Hal Jordan, I find, has little actual personality. He's basically Captain Kirk with a power ring. He's just straight up confidence, ego, and arrogance. And in very few cases does he show any actual depth or any potential vulnerability. He's just cocky and running the show. There's a little bit more to that with some of the best writers, but a lot of that I see coming through more in the Justice League series than in Hal Jordan's solo series. That very rarely comes through when he's the lead character. It's only when someone's writing him as part of a team, particularly JLA Year One. That's one of the few cases where I felt like there was a person in there and not just a straight-up ego. Richard Ryder, on the other hand, does have a lot more depth of character. Originally, he was like Spider-Man, but not as bright. Not dumb, just not as far above average as Spider-Man was. He got a lot more depth when he was written by Fabian Nicieza in New Warriors, and particularly by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning in the recent Cosmic Saga. The team, collectively known as DNA, did a fantastic job with Richard Ryder, which is why I'm giving this point to Nova. Now we've got the supporting cast as one of the new points. So if we look at Hal's supporting cast from 1959 till now, there are very few characters that are in there regularly, and a lot of them drop out for long periods of time. We've got Carol Ferris as the primary love interest. We've got Thomas Kalmaku, who was originally called Pie Face in, let's say, the less enlightened period of DC Comics writing. And then eventually he got other members of the Green Lantern Corps. But, you know, they weren't great as a supporting cast, and a lot of times they ended up spinning out in their own titles, such as Jon Stewart spinning out into Green Lantern Mosaic, and Guy Gardner spinning out into Warrior, and a lot of times they were written in a pretty two-dimensional sense. There was a great period with Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams writing that was Green Lantern and Green Arrow, but we're looking at maybe 12 issues. And since then, that friendship has popped up once in a while, but it's not a long-term and consistent thing. Now, Richard Ryder has his family. As I said, both parents and his brother. He's got Ginger Jay. He's got Mike Burley, the bully from school. He's got the new warriors that cropped up towards the end of his other solo runs. And coming through Annihilation, he's got a much more developed supporting cast, World Mind is one of the more inventive ones, the one who would speak to him through his helmet and constantly tell him that it's imperative to pay attention at this time. He's got Star-Lord, he's got Drax. I would certainly give this point to Richard Ryder as far as the supporting cast is concerned. So that makes it a 3-3 tie. And now the seventh and final factor, this is going to be the deciding factor in which character comes out on top of this comparison. Now, there's a few different types of media that they can appear in. Richard Ryder has had a grand total of two appearances on TV. One was a cameo that was not a speaking part in the 1990 Silver Surfer series. The other one was a speaking role in an episode of the Superhero Squad show. He's also appeared in six video games and had five action figures. Now, compare this to Hal Jordan. If we're looking at animated television... 
He had three segments in the Superman Aquaman Hour of Adventure. He was a regular on Super Friends. He guest starred in Duck Dodgers series in the episode titled Green Loontern when his laundry got mixed up with Duck Dodgers and Dodgers ended up joining the Green Lantern Corps. And Hal Jordan was voiced by Kevin Smith in that one. There was a brief appearance in Justice League Unlimited. He was on The Batman three times, once in an unspeaking cameo, and then came back twice. He was on Batman The Brave and the Bold five times. He had multiple appearances in Young Justice, and he was the lead character for 26 episodes of Green Lantern the Animated Series, the recent CGI series, which I highly recommend. In live-action television, he was in the two-part Legend of the Superheroes from 1979, and the writers and showrunners of Arrow have said publicly that they want Hal Jordan to appear in Arrow, quite possibly played by Ryan Reynolds if possible. That's unconfirmed at this point. I have no idea if they talked to the lawyers or agents about that, but it is something they've said they want to do. When it comes to movies, Hal Jordan has appeared in eight direct-to-DVD movies, including two of which he had starring roles in. There was the feature film starring Ryan Reynolds and directed by Martin Campbell. Say what you will about it, it exists. He made it there, Nova hasn't. For video games, Wikipedia lists eight of them, but I've got iOS games that he's in that Wikipedia doesn't own, so it's certainly more than eight. I don't know how much more than eight. And he also appeared in an audio play. I haven't been able to track down the number of action figures that Hal Jordan has had, but with that many other appearances, including the existence of a feature film, Hal Jordan gets the point for appearances in other media. So that's enough to tip the scale for Hal Jordan to win this one, 4 to 3. And that wraps up the second episode of the Comic Book Character Compare and Contrast podcast series. Join us again tomorrow for the final entry in the Comic Book Podcast pilot season as we're looking at the great runs, particularly the second block of Walt Simonson's Thor, covering issues 349 to 359, with a break around 356, which was a fill-in artist and writer. So join us again tomorrow, both for that podcast and to vote on which podcast you consider to be the best and which one you want to see continue immediately, or almost immediately, there'll be some time to tabulate votes following this pilot season. Thank you for listening.